Hello, this is Jane Coombs of Working Well Solutions Limited, and I'm starting a new podcast series on health, safety, and well-being in the workplace, based on my experience and topical issues. Let's go. Episode number eleven. Should you have a treatment service at your work? There's been a lot of discussion recently about occupational health treatment services in the workplace. And to start, I'm just going to explain that a treatment service is like a doctor's surgery where workers can go to get medical advice, treatments, or ask advice about health problems. The surgery as it is, would be placed within the workplace somewhere, either in a first aid room or they'd have a bespoke building. When I started out in occupational health too many years ago now, I worked in a treatment service at the Ford Motor Company in Southampton and Ford's paid for 24-hour cover of emergency staff and ambulance and we covered everything from accidents, heart attacks to vaccinations, archi and inserting stitches. It was a full-blown treatment service and the employees loved it. However, it was expensive and over time it started to reduce and eventually the service went. The company kept a skeleton staff and they focused on the legal requirements of health surveillance, health screening, etc. and pre-placement medicals, but it was difficult explaining to the workers. Nowadays, employers want to attract staff and there's quite a lot of competition for that. And so some of them are considering whether a treatment service is a perk that they should consider. So this podcast is going to talk about are they appropriate and the pros and cons of a treatment service at work. The pros of having a treatment service. Often employees go to the doctors for blood pressure checks or have vaccinations for holidays. If you have a treatment service on site, then this is covered there and they'll supervise that for you. This isn't so much of an advantage for people who are local and their GPs just around the corner. But when I worked in the construction industry, it was a godsend for those who commuted or lived away from home. We had hordes of people who lived on site in caravans and had no access to a regular doctor. So the treatment service was was an absolute necessity actually. And a good example of this was the 2012 Olympics in London where I was a volunteer. There was a massive focus on workers' health and safety and a treatment service was part of this. The treatment service therefore is part of private healthcare and paid for by the employer. But in the UK there's always the National Health Service to fall back on and that's what it's there for. We also have pharmacies who give out advice for free vaccinations at a reasonable price. But by providing a treatment service the company shows they value staff and people consider it a huge perk even if they don't use it strangely. A treatment service is also useful to introduce a new worker to the company and to the culture of the company. Part of the service would be a wellbeing check, inviting them in when they start to have a full health check. 
and also talk about health and safety here on site. The health check probably has nothing to do with work, although it may show some anomalies, such as eyesight or blood pressure, but it gives the worker an introduction to just how much they're valued, and it gives them somewhere to go to if they need help. So what are the drawbacks of having a treatment service? Well, first of all, as I've said before, it is expensive. Depending on the size of your company, you'll need to decide how to run the treatment service, what will come through the door, how many people. We used to get loads of people coming in after the football matches on Saturday, coming in for physiotherapy on the Monday. That was very well used. And there may be periods of doing nothing and times when the queue snakes round the door like a funfair ride. It was like that on my second occupational health job. I was the only nurse there and everyone returning to work was asked to come to see me before going onto the factory floor. I dreaded Monday mornings, they were a nightmare. So there's many interruptions for occupational health who run a treatment service, especially if there's an accident on site when you get called out. Again, at fours, I dreaded to hear the red telephone go. You had to drop everything and just run for it. And what happens at night if it's a nine-to-five service? Confidentiality is an issue because staff will come to occupational health and talk about work issues knowing that it's all confidential. And then there's the problem of having to disclose it to managers. That's caused me problems in the past. Unfortunately, you get the time wasters. When I first started out, I had regulars. People would visit for a chat. They'd give me an update on their medical situations or their son's health, what their GP had said to them, or the hypochondriacs who are always coming in with something wrong with them. Managers get annoyed with time wasters, but the occupational health cannot turn them away if they're offering a treatment service. There's legal issues as well. Employed occupational health professionals are covered under the company insurance, and this can raise your premiums. Also, medical claims are expensive. Another big expense is the equipment. Medical equipment is notoriously expensive, and it's not just about the initial outlay. All equipment needs calibrating, especially for testing, and some needs costly peripherals or disposables that go with it. For example, some dipsticks are used with cholesterol, cost about £40 per bottle, and they can go out of date if they're not used. So there's some wastage there too. You'll probably require a clinical disposal service to collect biological waste, and training for occupational health staff and treatment staff is expensive. Winter flu vaccinations are difficult, because when you order the flu vaccination, you've got no idea how many people are going to want them and sometimes you have too many and sometimes you don't have enough and either way you're a loser on that equation. GPs usually quite like the company to have an occupational health although there may be occasions when they play when the employee plays one off against the other and that can be difficult as well. So I've just run through a few of the pros and cons of having a treatment service there's probably a lot of other reasons, but I think those are the main ones. But for occupational health professionals, it's quite difficult because managers have to acknowledge occupational health is a professional service and they must feed into risk assessment and health and safety on site. 
if they're taken up with doing a treatment service, then they're treated as nurse, they're not recognised for the talent they have, or what, what you're paying them for, which can be quite high. I believe treatment services are unnecessary. We need to empower people to look after themselves and go to the correct places in the NHS and give them time to do it if required. I think there are occasions when you can monitor blood pressure or things like that, but it has to be short term. So you can do it, but make sure it's done with appointments and everybody knows why you're doing it and the short term limits of it. Remember, there are blood pressure machines that people can learn to use. In most GP surgeries, there are blood pressure booths. And there's ways around these things nowadays. When I started out, there wasn't that type of service available. So, a comprehensive treatment service is expensive. But if your company can afford it, then go for it. But if you do, it will need rules and your resources controlled. But it is a fantastic perk for your employees and workers. Remember to pop over to my website, workingwellsolutions.com, and to subscribe to this podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you've uh, found something useful here and look out for my next podcast. Thank you and goodbye.